Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Good Thursday morning, Adalia causing new devastation across the South overnight. And there's high winds and torrential rain, not over yet. It's August 31st, this is today. Path of destruction, remnants of the powerful storm lashing the Carolinas, flooding the historic city of Charleston and spawning tornadoes. Holy cars flying! After becoming the strongest hurricane to hit Florida's big bend in more than a century. I don't think anybody expected it to be this bad. Entire neighborhoods wiped out, hundreds of thousands without power. So we're live across the region, and Al's tracking what's next. Breaking overnight, fatal fire, flames, tearing through an apartment building in Johannesburg. More than 70 people killed, dozens hurt. One of the worst tragedies there ever. We'll have the very latest. New health scare. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell suddenly freezing up at a public event for the second time in just weeks. Running for re-election. In oh, that's good. The growing concerns for his health and his future in Washington and what the senator's team is saying this morning. Titanic battle. An inside look at the new push to recover a key relic from the wreckage and what the U.S. government is doing to try and stop it. All that plus holiday getaway, Labor Day weekend set to be the busiest ever. Millions of Americans ready to hit the airports and roads. So just ahead, everything you need to know about those crowds and where to score last minute deals. Today, Thursday, August 31st, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Cuffey, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. And a good morning to you. Welcome to Today. We're so glad that you're with us on this Thursday morning. Savannah and Hoda have the morning off, but we do want to start once again with the Dahlia still wreaking havoc. We want to show you a live look right now. This is Kill Devil Hills, North Carolina. Right now, as we speak, it is getting pounded by heavy rain and high winds. That's for where that storm is heading. Here's a look at its path, finally moving offshore later today after flooding parts of the Carolinas. Meanwhile, we are starting to get a clearer picture of just the sheer devastation left behind this morning. More than 300,000 are without power across the southeast. And that storm surge, record-setting in some areas, flooded countless streets, buildings, and homes. And with many airports shut down by Adalia, the airlines are dealing with a backlog of canceled flights. The cleanup is already underway along Florida's Big Bend. That's where the storm made landfall around this time yesterday as a powerful Category 3 hurricane. Once again this morning, we have it all covered for you, starting in that hard-hit region with NBC's senior national correspondent Tom Yamas. Once again in Perry, Florida, Tom. Good morning to you. 
Craig, good morning to you. Right now, there are flash flood warnings in the Carolinas. And just behind me, you can see here utter devastation in Florida. The effects of Idalia are far from over. As you both mentioned, there are large sections of North Florida and the Big Bend area without power, like right here in in Perry, where the entire county is 100% without power. Now, this is still a much an ongoing situation. The infrastructure here has been crushed, and there are still communities under curfew because of the ongoing emergencies. This morning, the eye of Hurricane Idalia has moved on from Florida, becoming a tropical storm overnight, but still wreaking havoc in the Carolinas. In Charleston, South Carolina, tide levels reached more than nine feet. Charleston Harbor overflowing, while nearby, severe winds sent this car flying. The storm surge also flooding the Isle of Palms. And Idalia left behind major flooding in Florida as well, turning streets into rivers. It's going to swallow up the whole town. I've got to get the cover. Idalia made landfall Wednesday in Florida as a Category 3 storm that spanned 350 miles in diameter. Drone video showing the aftermath in the town of Steinhatchie, where homes and boats were submerged. Strong winds ripping a roof off of a home, while high tides causing violent waves to slam onto highways. And at one point in Cedar Key, the storm surge surpassing 10 feet. It was the biggest that we've ever seen. Maximum winds at landfall were near 125 miles per hour. The Big Bend area has not seen a hurricane of that strength in 127 years. This is a giant pine tree that has crashed into a home here in Perry. There was a family inside with a baby. It was kind of terrifying, honestly. We heard the, uh, one of the trees start to crack and our eyes just got widened. He came and he jumped over top of us. So your husband put his body over your body to protect you? Mm -hmm. Governor Ron DeSantis saying recovery efforts and cleanup are out in full force. We haven't had a storm take this path at this level since the 1890s. What's your message to Floridians who are trapped or stranded right now? If you are in harm's way or you are in peril, you call uh, emergency and there will be a response. The governor's wife tweeting that his mansion in Tallahassee also saw some damage from a 100-year-old oak tree, the family uninjured. As Florida reels through the aftermath of Idalia, the storm barreled through parts of Georgia with winds reaching 90 miles per hour. There's been a heavy impact in South Georgia with heavy rainfall and heavy winds. Before moving to the Carolinas. This morning, new concerns over flash flooding along the coast as the wrath of tropical storm Idalia sweeps through the southeast. As with tornadoes, sometimes with hurricanes, a few feet can make a huge difference. We want to show you why. We have some drone footage this morning from Cedar Key, Florida. I was speaking to one of the community leaders there, and she was telling me there is utter devastation, but they were also surprised how some homes were wiped off the map, and then a few feet down, other homes looked like they were barely touched. It's just, unfortunately, the reality that sometimes happens with these natural disasters. A lot of water came into the Big Bend area. A lot of that water has receded back, but there there are still a lot of communities right now, Craig, digging out. Yeah, to, to your point, just the sheer randomness of Mother Nature can take some folks by surprise. You know, speaking of that, Tom, I, I, a lot of folks obviously were prepared, it would seem. would also seem like a lot of folks uh, heeded those evacuation warnings. But it seems like there were still some people taken by surprise. 
Yeah, I think that's fair, Craig. You know, I grew up here in Florida. Sometimes we Floridians, we can be a little cavalier with storms. But, you know, I, I will say this area, they got ready for this storm. I could actually see the fear in people's eyes because they had never experienced anything like this in modern history. But a lot of people, especially here in Perry, we're, we're a little further inland, woke up. And they saw this. They saw what happened to their town and they could not believe it. A lot of people think they're going to be weeks without power here. Businesses are gone. Homes are gone. But even through all that destruction, we, we see stories of survival where that that family, two giant trees fell on the roof. And that family, including that baby, somehow made it out alive. Mm. Greg? Thankfully. All right. I see your national correspondent, Tom Yamas, for us there in Florida. Tom, thank you. Let's bring in Al for more on the storm's wrath and path as we head into the holiday weekend. Yeah. And guys, kudos to the National Hurricane Center because the path and the the projected path pretty much came to be. And so that allowed people to get ready to prepare for municipalities and the states to get ready. And so good news to them. 45 miles uh, south southwest of Wilmington right now. Adalia's got winds of 60 miles per hour and it is moving quickly. And that was the other blessing of this storm. It was a fast mover and it has been a fast mover right now. 30 mile per hour winds at Kill Devil Hills, 37 Beaufort, Wilmington seeing uh, winds of 40 miles per hour. The good news is it's going to be moving quickly offshore and by tomorrow this time it is well offshore so the damage that whatever happens now is just about done we're looking at maybe a storm surge two to four feet around Beaufort one to three feet Cape Hatteras to kill Devil Hills Cape Hatteras is high tide 920 this morning so once they get through that they should be through the worst of it still rainfall amounts maybe uh, another one to three inches isolated six inch amounts so there is a risk for flooding especially from Havelock to Cape Hatteras Uh, Elizabeth City, not quite so much. But the good news is whatever is happening now is finally starting to recede. And so then the cleanup can really get going in earnest. Guys. All right. Thank you, Al. Turning now to that breaking news from South Africa, where more than 70 people have died in a nighttime building fire in Johannesburg. NBC's Kelly Kobiea joins us with more. Kelly, good morning. What's the latest? Chanel, good morning to you. Well, that five-story building is still smoldering this morning, and the search and rescue efforts are ongoing. As we're learning that more than 70 are dead and dozens injured as well. The fire broke out at 1.30 in the morning as people were sleeping. And you can see in this video the fire engulfing an entire floor with flames shooting out the windows. Local officials say about 200 people were living there at the time, including homeless families who were desperate for housing. One veteran emergency services official said he'd never seen anything like it, that inside shacks and other makeshift structures had been built, creating a maze of obstructions for firefighters and essentially trapping people as those flames spread. Neighbors say they could hear people yelling for help inside, some throwing themselves out windows to escape. One witness said the fire escape was closed and some of the gates were closed as well. And fire officials say it took them three hours to contain that blaze. At least seven of the victims are children, according to emergency services, the youngest, just one year old. Investigators aren't yet sure what caused the fire, but it is winter in South Africa. And one local government official said it appeared people had been lighting fires inside to stay warm. Chanel. That is heartbreaking. All right, Kelly, thank you. Also this morning, questions are intensifying about the health of the Senate's top Republican. Minority leader Mitch McConnell suddenly froze up at an event. It's the second time it's happened to the 81-year-old in recent weeks. NBC's Capitol Hill correspondent Ryan Nobles is covering this one for us. Ryan, good morning. 
Greg, good morning. And Mitch McConnell had just given a 20-minute speech and taken questions from a group in northern Kentucky without any trouble. But it was during a press conference with reporters after the speech where he once again appeared to freeze for an extended amount of time. For the second time in two months, a health scare for Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell. The senator freezing after being asked a question Wednesday. What are my thoughts about what? Running for re-election in 2026. Did you hear the question, Senator? He was unresponsive for more than 30 seconds. I'm sorry, you all. We're going to need a minute. McConnell's spokesperson telling NBC News that the senator felt momentarily lightheaded, but felt fine later. In July, McConnell endured a similar episode where he froze for more than 20 seconds during a press event on Capitol Hill. Been good bipartisan cooperation and a string of He was led away by fellow senators, but later joked about President Biden stumbling at an event earlier that month. Well, the president called to check on me. I told him I got sandbagged. This time, it was the president offering McConnell his support. He's a good friend, and so I'm going to try to get in touch with him. Echoed by Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders, who, at 81, is the same age as McConnell. I hope he makes a... A full recovery and does what he thinks is best for the people of Kentucky and and for himself. McConnell missed a month of work after suffering a concussion in March, and he's one of many leaders in Washington facing questions about their age and health. California Senator Dianne Feinstein missed three months worth of votes after a bout with shingles and has at times appeared disoriented during Senate hearings. Just say aye. Okay, just... And a recent poll shows that 77% of voters feel President Biden is too old for the job, a liability the president often jokes about. I know I'm 198 years old. And after the episode, Senator McConnell reached out to several of his fellow Senate Republicans, including Senator John Thune, who said that McConnell sounded like his, quote, usual self. He is expected to see a doctor before his next event. The Senate returns from recess next week, and they have a packed agenda, including passing a short-term funding bill to avert a government shutdown at the end of September. Chanel? All right, I'll take it, Ryan. Thank you so much. Ryan Nobles from Washington, thank you. North North Korea launched two short-range ballistic missiles toward the sea last night. The launches came just hours after the U.S. flew long-range bombers in the region during drills with its allies. Analysts say North Korea is trying to, again, demonstrate it has missiles capable of striking key targets in South Korea. Military officials there call the launches a grave provocation that violates U.N. Security Council resolution. All right, let's show you what we've got around the rest of the country. Uh, Again, Adalia moving off the coast. We've got some more showers and storms down for our friends in Florida, unfortunately, due to this pesky stationary front laying around down there. We're looking for the heat slowly building from Texas all the way up into the upper Midwest. Going to be 82 degrees in Minneapolis, getting into the 90s as we get into the weekend. Some severe storms firing up in the southwest. Some showers and cool weather moving into the Pacific Northwest, but a beautiful day along the Southern California coast. And that's your latest weather. Guys. All right, Mr. Roker, thank you. Still had an interesting story here. There's a new court battle that's erupted over a plan to salvage 111-year-old relics from the wreckage site of the Titanic. Hmm. Tom Costello's looking into that for us. Hey, Tom. Hey, guys, good morning. So, you know, it's been 111 years since Titanic went down. 1,500 people died. The question is this morning, 
Is this hallowed ground a cemetery at sea that should not be disturbed or should an agency go down and retrieve one of the most iconic artifacts yet, the telegraph that transmitted the SOS? The government says hands off. We'll get into it when we get when we come back, you guys. That's interesting. Plus a travel guide for the busy Labor Day weekend. What you can expect to face on the roads and at the airports, the deals that are still out there and how the impact of Idalia could change your holiday plans. But first, this is today on NBC. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash today just go to indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash today conditions apply need to hire you need indeed mm. we're back seven thirty with quite the mm. treat for stargazers no there's no filter on this. Yeah. <laughs> Rare blue supermoon lighting up the skies. This was the closest full moon of the year. And as you can see, it's the second one of the month. That's right. That's right. Because uh, who told us that a couple days ago? Me. No. no. <laughs> no. The astrophysicist. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I had told you that when the first one oh. showed up. He's like, now, Neil's not Al getting my credit. Al is always the answer. <laughs> Jacob's here. Though. That was quite Good the morning. same. It was, it was really beautiful. And yeah. uh, again, we, we we get this. It's about every 17 years where you get two mm. in one month. Huh. I like that. All right, let's start this half hour with a new court battle over the century-old wreckage of the Titanic. Yeah, at issue here is whether a salvage company can recover any more artifacts from the site in the North Atlantic. NBC's Tom Costello is on the story for us. Tom, good morning. Hey, Craig, so this is not related to the tragedy in June that took the lives of five tourists. A Georgia company has the salvage rights to the Titanic, but U.S. law and international agreements limit activity around that site. And now the government has gone to court to stop that company from returning to the site to retrieve a key relic, the wireless that transmitted Titanic's call for help. For 111 years, Titanic has rested some 12,500 feet down on the ocean floor. Its maiden voyage from England to New York captured on film. The terror of hitting an iceberg in the dead of night portrayed in blockbuster movies. In an hour or so, 
All this will be at the bottom of the Atlantic. Among the artifacts already recovered, shoes, silverware, fine china. But now the U.S. government is moving to block the company with the salvage rights, RMS Titanic, from recovering even more, including the ship's wireless telegraph that transmitted the SOS to passing ships. In a court filing, RMS Titanic says it hopes to return next year and may recover freestanding objects inside the wreck, including objects from inside the Marconi room, the radio room. Under U.S. law and international agreements, the wreckage is now a memorial and cannot be disturbed. The government insists the company is not free to disregard this validly enacted federal law, yet that is its stated intent. The uh, company's uh, reason to be is they, they do the all of the uh, exhibits that have uh, the actual archi- artifacts from the Titanic. David Gallo is a strategic advisor to RMS Titanic. We talked to him in June before the government's challenge. The rules are there can be no more recovery of artifacts. In 1996, Titanic survivor Edith Hazeman told us of the night she lost her father. Since 1985, roughly 250 people have visited Titanic. Then, in June, tragedy. Five people died when their submersible imploded. It is a gravesite. 1,500 people died there. Researcher Katie Croft-Bell has dived to the site herself. Even as time and the ocean's depths take their toll on the wreckage, she now thinks it should be treated with the reverence of a cemetery. Are we actually learning anything new about it? And is that the reason to recover artifacts? Or should we just leave it alone? We have a lot of things already. Let's just call it a day and, and leave it with respect. We reached out to RMS Titanic, the company, for comment, got no response. No response from NOAA, the government agency that is moving to block this latest move to recover the artifacts, Craig. Mm. It's a fascinating back and forth for sure, Tom. Do we know how soon the company actually wants to make that trip back down to the Titanic? So they're targeting May, they say in the court documents. The legal challenges, though, could affect that timeline. And meanwhile, think about this. Historians say Titanic has parallels to cemeteries at Gettysburg or Normandy. But Titanic is slowly rusting away on the ocean's floor. So the question is, is this hollowed ground never to be touched? Or should they take the artifacts while they can to recover them for for all time? Yeah, that's an interesting dilemma. Keep us posted, Tom. Thank you. All right. Coming up, recovery efforts in Hawaii getting a star-powered boost this morning. We're there live with what Oprah Winfrey and Dwayne The Rock Johnson are now doing to help victims of those historic wildfires. Plus, you guys, Vicki's here. She's going to get us ready for a very, very busy holiday travel weekend. Hey, Vic. Hi. Good morning, everyone. We're going to talk about the best times to leave if you want to avoid traffic this Labor Day weekend and what to do if you're one of the 20 million people or so who plan to fly. That's all coming up next right here on Today. We're back with, with that clip of the late, great John Candy and the, and the classic summer rental. So, guys, speaking of crowded beaches, 
going to be plenty of crowded beaches yeah. over this holiday weekend. You can up. say that again. A record number of people are expected to travel for Labor Day. You know, it's the unofficial end of summer. Yeah. Well, here to help us get where we need to go as smoothly as possible, we have NBC's Vicki Wynn. Good morning Good to morning. you, Nick. So TSA is expecting the end of the season uh, to have record high air yeah. travel. You've been talking about this. What should people expect in the skies this Labor Day weekend, especially compared to last year? Chanel, expect a lot of company. The TSA is saying they expect about 14 million travelers. Travel site Hopper is saying they think 20 million people will be heading to U.S. airports for the weekend starting today. That's an mm-hmm. increase of 14 percent from last year. So get there early. Allow yourself that two hours between mechanical delays, staffing shortages, severe weather, all kinds of things are happening. Always download the airlines app. This is a lifesaver. Allow it to give you those notifications so you know what your flight status is and pay attention to the weather, not just where you are, but where you're heading. These are all things that can make your travel just a little bit smoother. If you're not if you're not traveling by air, you're going to travel by road. Gas prices, I've noticed, been taken up a bit over the last few weeks. Do we expect that's going to have any impact on, on people driving? Despite these higher gas prices than what we saw at the beginning of the summer, AAA saying the national average right now, 382. That's about what it was this time last year. And they think 85% of people who are going to travel this holiday will be hitting the road. So you, you should definitely leave early. There's going to be a lot of traffic starting today between 2 and 6 p.m. Already? And tomorrow, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Wow. The key here, make sure you've got air in the car, tires, you've checked the oil, that your car is road ready. And then if you're looking for gas price deals, look on Waze, Gas Buddy, even Google Maps will help you find gas stations along your route and compare prices. As we cover the impacts of Adalia, the reality is Adalia is going to have an impact on yeah. people who had travel plans sure. over this holiday weekend, Florida, South Carolina, um, you name it. Should people start to think about maybe canceling some of those plans? So here's the thing. You really want to look specifically at your destination. If you were planning to head to the Big Bend area of Florida, Cedar Key, Perry, not a good idea. They're out of power right now. Entire counties are out of power. Trees are down. They're going to deal with cleanup and recovery. The Carolinas, we know, are going to be hit with a lot of water. So I would say call ahead to your hotel. Ask the destination. What's the recommendation? Because even if you can travel, are you going to have a good time? But other areas that escaped unscathed, Gainesville, for example, Tallahassee, should be totally fine. Water will recede by the fourth. We went on the Point Sky website. Basically, all the major airlines are really flexible right now. They're not only waiving uh, change fees, but the good thing is, in some cases, they're even waiving the fair difference that it would cost if you were to adjust oh, wow, your trip. Good. What about hotels? Hotels, too? Great question. So IHG, Hilton, Marriott, they're all waiving their normal 24-hour cancellation fees. In some cases, good. they're even allowing people to stay with their pets for free. Okay. So the key, call your destination. It's interesting because I wondered if there would be ripple effects from canceled flights. So even if you're not going to those specific areas, is there a domino effect around the country? It is a great question. It's hard to predict exactly what's going to happen over the next five days. But we know hundreds of flights were canceled out of major places, Miami, Tampa, Atlanta, Charlotte. So you have to imagine there will be a backlog of flyers who are trying to get out. Keep that in mind. There's a website called Flight Aware. It's an app as well. Great way to track your incoming plane to know what's going on. And here's the thing. If you're flying from, you know, Boise to Los Angeles, odds are your flight will be totally fine if you're out of that severe weather area. All right. So if if you are forced to change your plans because of of the hurricane or perhaps you're just a procrastinator, um, any last minute deals out there to be had? And if so, how how do we find those? So we talked to Scott Kyes, Craig, who is the founder of Going.com. He says you're going to be hard pressed to find any airfare that is below $400, but he did some 
digging for us. Let's put it on the screen for you. Let's say you want to go from Kansas City to Boston. You can go for $308. Oh, Minneapolis, if you're looking for a weekend getaway to Vegas, $318 round trip. Not bad, right? Raleigh to New Orleans, $292. But here's the thing. There's a great tool on Google Flights. If you are flexible, you can go on and enter your departure airport, any of the airports you're willing to go from, and enter a state or even the United States as your destination. A bunch of destinations will pop up. You can sort it by price and see which ones are the lowest. Roll the dice and see where it takes you this little weekend getaway. Nobody's yeah. got better hacks. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be quite adventurous to do something like that. You would be, but look, if you've got the time it. and you've yeah. got, you know, a couple hundred bucks and you want to fly somewhere, I that's a yes. good way to do it. Oh, Thank good. you, Vicky. Yeah. Thank You're you. Welcome. By the way, speaking of the holiday weekend, let's check in with Mr. Roker once again on the forecast. Another great uh, John Candy travel movie, Plane, Trains, and Automobiles. Oh, yeah. Those aren't pillows. <laughs> that's not my head. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's take a look at your weekend outlook. Friday, gorgeous day in the Northeast, Great Lakes, Mid-Atlantic, still some showers and storms down through the Gulf. Florida flood risk out as you get into California in the southwest. We're also looking Saturday, another beauty, very hot in the mid-plains. The west is going to still have monsoonal moisture, some more rain along the Gulf Coast. Sunday, Sunday, plenty of sunshine in the northeast, the Great Lakes, the mid-Atlantic, down into the southeast, record heat up into the northern plains, more storms in the southwest. And then as we get into Labor Day, record highs, plenty of sunshine up and down the eastern seaboard, well above average Great Lakes, some showers in the mid-Gulf and soggy conditions in the western plains. And that's your latest weather. Thank you so much, Mr. Roker. Guys, just ahead on Popstar, a surprise for One Direction fans, the never-before-seen performance when they were just starting out and why, we'll tell you why it's just coming out uh, right now. Plus, look at them, the stars of this hilarious TikTok seen millions of times. A mom listing back-to-school rules for her son that all parents can relate to. And this morning, we are happy to have both of them here with us live. Good morning to you guys. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.